Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Welcome back to the second hour of Raider Nation Radio. Thank you for joining us. It's Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, and you here on RNR 920 on a Freestyle Wednesday. 69187 is the Sam and Ash text line. We'll read your text on the air as well as from RNR 920 AM from Twitter. Don't forget, we are broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, here on RNR 920. Joining us now is our very good friend, Eddie Borsilli. Executive producer with Sirius XM NFL Radio. He's here with us on Wednesdays at this time at Borsilli on Twitter. Eddie, thank you for joining us. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, guys. It's another glorious Wednesday. Happy to be on with you guys. Let's talk some Raider football. Hey, hey Eddie. How's you, how you doing, man? Hey, hey, hey. I'm just, great. Wanted, to I'm just great. wanted to get in. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Heidi still has the uh, the from New York in her. She's like, hey, hey, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. I heard that tease going to break, guys. I, I knew it was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were hearing some sound from minicamp yesterday from Derek Carr, especially, and he sounds like he's truly being tested by the Josh McDaniel system, and he likes it. It appears that he feels like he's now in a spot where not only is he growing, but I think he feels like a real faith in this system because it's probably allowing him to really work with uh, great veterans who also are on the same page, and nobody has to wait for anyone. Yeah, it's a great, it's, it's it's a good point, Clay. I, I think we heard a lot of the same things from Derek Carr when John Gruden took over, right? He was the same thing. Was, Gruden was challenging him. The system was, you know, very verbose in the language, and he was getting used to it. But I think we see a different Derek Carr now. We see a more mature Derek Carr. We see a guy that before John Gruden got there, he was a little skittish in the pocket. He wasn't really going to go up to the line of scrimmage and change the play and make and make check with me at the line of scrimmage. I think you have a different player now. I think this is a guy that can go out there. And once everybody gets on the same page with this offense, he can go out there, and Josh McDaniels can go out there and trust him with the offense. Say, Derek, these are the things that I want to get accomplished on this drive. Go out there and do it. I think before Gruden got there, even though Carr was a veteran at the time, I still think he was trying to get uh, his feet wet, if you will, a little bit on what kind of player he was going to be in the National Football League. I think you have a mature player that knows he can lead this team to the playoffs, and I think once he gets the system down and puts all the pieces in place, you're really going to see it explode. And I don't... You know, it, it might not be you know, the start of the season, might not be preseason, might not be week four, guys. But I think once you get into the season, middle of the season, I think you could see this offense up and running. And, Eddie, don't you think that not only do you have a, a more, you know, uh, seasoned, mature Derek Carr, but when he looks around his huddle now, it's not a bunch of young players that he's trying to also, in the same, while, while learning a new offense, pull a bunch of young players along with him. He looks at Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and the guys that he has in the backfield and says, I don't even have to worry about those guys uh, because they've already been there, done that as well. So the whole process gets expedited because it's a veteran group, including himself. It's a great point because, you know, the past couple of years you saw with him with players like Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. you got to bring players. Learning wide receiver in the National Football League is probably one of the hardest things you have to do. Running back, wide receiver. You know, it's not like the offensive line when you can kind of come in and just hit the guy in front of you and play football. Wide receiver and, and running back take some time. And you always had that around Derek Carr. You had the Ruggs. You had the Edwards. You had the Josh Jacobs when he was a rookie. You have a very veteran group. That's why, you know, and I said it on this show with Clay and Heidi before, you had to go out and get a guy like Devontae Adams because he just makes the offense so much better. 
There's no learning curve. Now, there's a learning curve when everybody's coming and learning a new offense, fine. But these guys are pros. These guys are going to pick it up. And once Carr and Adams get on the same page here at minicamp, I'm sure they're throwing when they're not together uh, with the team and things like that. You have a lot of guys that played a lot of football. I think that stretch, I can't stretch, stress it enough that that stretch run last year for the players on this football team proved to a lot of guys, Waller, Jacobs, the offensive line. You got uh, you know, players on this football team that know how to get it done now. There's nobody coming in saying, you know, I've been on bad teams, I don't know what it's like. You have a lot of guys on this football team that know how to win, a lot of guys that have played together for a couple years now. It's only going to be beneficial for this offense. You, you can only have maybe one potential rookie starting in Dylan Parham if he starts a guard or center. So it, it's, a, it's a great thing to have that continuity, especially with a new scheme coming in. Eddie, this is a conversation we were going to start up, uh, I think, after you got off the air. But I got to ask you, just knowing how well you know this organization, if the Raiders had hit on one of their first round picks throughout the Gruden Mayock era, where would where would have been the biggest like success for them? Like, what one would they really needed to hit for this team to have had that guy from that era that they could have said like, yeah, this was this was it for us. This was the one. You're setting me up here, Heidi. I am. You set me up. For, this is what uh, I do, for, Eddie. For, for people to come after me on social media. Uh, Eddie can see this coming down Fifth Avenue. Y'all come after Eddie. I'm going to find you. Let's go. Let's go. Listen, I think it's clear as day. I think it's the number four pick in the 2019 draft. Yeah. And I say that because if you, in hindsight, 2020, and I want to look back, and I understand that's a sore spot for the Raiders, even if Farrell goes out there this year and plays pretty well. If you hit on that pick, say the Raiders pick a guy like Devin White and he turns into a stud linebacker, mm. it makes everything else in that draft better. Now, they got studs in that draft. They got Max Crosby. They got Hunter Renfro. They got mm. Ingle for a couple of years. They got really good players. But if you hit on a guy like that, that changes around the, the expectation of your defense, that you could plug in there and a guy that's in there for 10 years, I just think that would have set this team on such a different trajectory because. You had three first-round picks. You got serviceable years out of Jacobs. You got a couple years out of Jonathan Abram. Hopefully he takes the next step in Patrick Graham's defense. But if you got that transformational-type player, what do we look for when you draft first-round picks? You look for guys that can step on the football field and make impacts. You look at guys that like Aaron Donald, who just got another massive contract. And you don't need those types of players every single time. But if the Raiders hit a home run with that fourth pick in the 2019 draft, we'd be looking at that draft class is one of the best draft classes in the history of the National Football League. With what you got from Hunter Renfro, from what you got from Max Crosby, if they picked a guy like Devin White and they picked a guy that was something like that that's going to have a potentially Hall of Fame career, people would look back on that draft, just like the Seahawks draft when they got Russell Wilson. You look back and, and Bobby Wagner and say, wow, that really turned around the, 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 the fortunes of that franchise. And, again, kudos to this franchise for going through all they did to get to the playoffs last year and, and to make that run. But I just think that if they hit a, a grand slam with that number four pick in the 2019 draft, I just think this, this organization would be in a different spot now. It's Raider Nation Radio here on a Wednesday. Eddie Borsilli here with us, executive producer of Sirius XM NFL Radio. Follow him on Twitter, at Borsilli. Then, Eddie, when you think about then, uh, for Devontae Adams, as you, as you touched on it earlier, if he and Carr can connect, what about Darren Waller also connecting at the same rate? Or are we supposed to expect that the way the balls will be distributed evenly with Darren as well as Devontae, this will all be something like on a game-by-game basis. We should never feel like they're all going to rise at the same level at the same time. But this is going to be something I think we all have to get used to, that uh, these weapons are so good that... You know, by time uh, the year ends, it'll all work out in the wash. But during the season, it could be kind of a mixed bag. 
Yeah, I think so, Clay. I mean, I don't think you're going to go out there and expect, you know, Devontae and Hunter to have 120 catches each and, and 15 touchdowns, and Darren Wall will do the same. We've watched Patriot teams over the years. We've all seen them in the playoffs. We've all seen how diverse they are, whether it's Gronkowski, whether it's Aaron Hernandez when he's playing. A lot of those guys in this system, Devontae's going to get a ton of double teams. Waller's going to get some double teams going up, going up the middle. It's going to free up a lot of different places. So I think the chemistry from Carr and Adams is going to be there, guys. They, they, you see it on social media. You see the love fest. These two guys love each other. They're going to be throwing to each other probably every single day in the offseason. I have no worries about that. And I just think, like I said a couple weeks ago, I think if Darren Waller stays on the field, he's going to get back to the Darren Waller we saw a couple years ago because this system is very, this is very tight and friendly. They need to get better in the red zone. So I think you're going to see Waller have his catches. We know on third down, Derek Carr's going two places. He's going to Hunter Renfro. He's going to Darren Waller. But where I see this offense taking the next step is the, is the red zone. The red zone for this team, as you guys know, has been really bad the past couple of years. So I think Waller in the, uh, in, in the red zone, Foster Moreau, I expected him from like a couple years ago. Foster Moreau may be having 35 catches, but seeing him get six or seven touchdowns just because the Raiders have so many different options. So I, I'm not going to put too much stock in, in who has how many catches, who, many, who has that many touchdowns. I don't think Devontae Adams wanted to come to the Raiders for stats. I think Devontae Adams wanted to come to the Raiders to play for the Raiders, to play with Derek Carr. The stats are going to come. These are two good of football players, so the stats not to be there at the end of the season. We're talking to Eddie Borselli, uh, executive producer from Sirius XM NFL. Uh, Eddie, we keep talking about the offense, but at some point you got to stop somebody on the other side of the football. A new defensive coordinator in Patrick Graham, some new faces. Obviously, Chandler Jones pairing up with uh, Max Crosby. Uh, how how what kind of a learning curve do you expect to see from this Raiders uh, defense? And at what point do you feel like uh, they can really start being leaned on to to handle their business? I think the biggest transition is going to be the you know the kind of hybrid they play. For the most part, this defense has played Max Crosby has played with his hand in the ground. He hasn't really played standing up. Now maybe he turns into a player that that, that that's beneficial for him. He flies off the line of scrimmage. Chandler Jones, you're going to plug him in. He's been a veteran in this league. He's played in both systems. He's going to be fine. He'll be there. He'll be rushing the quarterback. I don't think I don't think you can have any curve with that. I think the biggest curve, like you said, is going to be those interior guys. You're going to be those guys that haven't played in those multiple fronts. Guys are going to stand up. Maybe Malcolm Kuntz stands up and gets after the quarterback. The linebackers are going to, ask, are going to be asked to do a little bit more. So I think we talk about, like you said, we talk about the offense a lot and the learning curve. This defense has been the point of contention for this football team for a long time. It's been a long time that the Raider defense has been looked at as one of the best units in, in, in the National Football League. And I still think they may add a piece or two, you know, coming up to the season, depending on the roster cuts and all that stuff. But Playing in the AFC West, playing in the AFC in general, they're going to be challenged each and every week. And we saw what a consistent pass rush could do for this football team. For two years ago, they couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't get after the quarterback. team got shredded. Last year, they had a consistent pass rush from week one on, and it really made a difference in running this team to the playoffs. So I think once they get set, you know, those guys on the outside, Crosby, and guys that are going to go from playing with their hand on the ground to standing up a little bit, I think once you get past that learning curve, which I think they will pretty fast, as long as the back end hands up, I think this could be a pretty good unit in 2022. Eddie, off topic of Raiders talk, I wanted to get your take on the sale of the Denver Broncos with the Walton Penner family acquiring them and the purchase $4.5 billion. AFC West rival. Uh, what has been kind of the national perception of this sale and how uh, what it means now that the Walton Pen uh, Penner family is, are the purchasers of it? 
Yeah, I just uh, it was one as you could see. Like, look at the Carolina Panthers a couple years ago with David Tepper. Everybody gasped at the number. Oh my God, two point something billion. That's incredible for a football team. And now two years later, the Broncos get sold for for four billion. I just think it, it goes to show you on how you know profitable the National Football League is, where this where this league is going. That teams like this are going to be sold and keep on going up. Each team that gets out there and has new ownership uh, is going to keep on going up. I just think it, it, it goes to show the state of the National Football League where it is financially. And we all know the National Football League is a big business. It's going to be big business for a long time. I just think that you know these guys know what kind of, uh, I would say, clientele, what kind of people they want um, owning, that, owning football teams. And I think this is a big money buy, something they can't bypass. But to me, the biggest question, too, is not just who's going to buy the Denver Broncos, but you're going to have some other ownership questions come along here, what's going to go on with the Washington Commanders. Right. So there's going to yeah. be a lot of, lot of balls in play here, guys, coming up. And I just think, you know, like anything else, the NFL is the biggest soap opera there is out there. So it's only going to continue. Well, this is also an ownership group that wants to get to, like, you know, $20 million annually, $25 million annually. They, they're working towards that number. Is it about finding the right owner in Washington, or is it about finding new money? to go and take over in Washington because there's other groups that want to get involved now from Amazon to Google. There's, there's so many different names that are out there that have the billions, but don't have the drama. Before the, before even that, the, this drama came up with the Washington Commanders, this is one of the most profitable franchises out there, the commanders wow. and the Redskins and the team before that. This is one of the, you know, for say what you will about Daniel Snyder, the man or the, or what he does behind the scenes, but this is one of the most profitable teams out there. So I think you have a situation where I think the NFL is going to want stability. That's what you've seen, you know, when they got rid of some of the people up there in front office. You bring in some guys that can stabilize the franchise, put a new message out there. And at the end, the end of the day, guys, we're not, we're not naive enough to, not, to think that money doesn't talk, right? Money's going to talk no matter what. Where we're going to put the biggest bid out there is going to get these teams moving forward. It's not going to be about who the NFL wants to put a band, whoever comes in with the highest bid. It happened with Denver. You saw there was a couple different bidders out there. The highest bidder won. The guy, the people with the deepest pockets won. It's just the way of the world. So I think even before the, the drama hit with the commanders, this is one of a, a team that was valued really high. And I could see him going for even double what the Broncos go once they go for sale, if they go for sale, if uh, the stuff hits the van. Eddie, great stuff today, man. We appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, coming on with us. Let's do it again next week after we find out what happened during mini camps and how this offseason is really going to start to play out as we approach training camp. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great week. All Thanks. right. Thank you, Eddie. Bye, Eddie. Follow him on Twitter, at Borsilli. Um, you know what? One thing he brought up on that was, uh, especially as you guys have brought up, if the Raiders hit on their first-round picks, right? And there is also a drawback to that, isn't it? If somebody actually got very, very good, let's say Cleef, for example, uh, totally hit there. You know, the market for a defensive end right now is pretty expensive, especially out of that class when you got Joey Bosa, uh, Quinn and Williams, maybe just Bosa, for example, you know, due to make like $19 million as a market value on that size. My point is, how affordable would these guys get, though, if they did hit? Not not affordable. You wouldn't be able to keep all of these guys. You wouldn't be able to pay Max Crosby what he got. I, I know it's, you know, obviously it's it's a sore subject with Raider fans, but just be happy that you did hit with Max Crosby. Max Crosby X's out Cleve Farrell. That's just the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah. They just happen to be drafted uh, in different rounds. Okay. But one guy gets the max contract. You're not going to be able to give two guys the max contract in that situation. We saw that, you know, it just, it's, 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 it's the way of the world. Plus 
Hunter Renfro is going to get paid a lot of money, uh, uh, a lot of money, and you wouldn't have necessarily been able to do that. So it didn't work out exactly as planned, but this was still a very good draft. And there's still Trayvon Mullen. Uh, there's still uh, am I uh, am I missing anybody? Uh, uh, we, we mentioned Hunter Renfro. We mentioned Trayvon Mullen. Uh, we mentioned Max Crosby. Uh, all three first rounders are still on the team. It's not like those guys got traded or or cut. And I wouldn't rule out a couple of those guys returning after this year on more reasonable contracts. Yeah, I was just thinking about what Derek Carr said Foster yesterday. Foster the other guy was thinking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what Derek said yesterday about um, the contract situation and his money and how he did the contract his own the way that he did so other guys like Waller and Hunter can, one, stay on the team that's and, two, right. get their own contracts. So that's something that just kind of came to mind as Vinny was talking. I'm, like, waving my hands like, oh, Whoa, I remember I this. That. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it was... <laughs> I had a conversation with him yeah. about that uh, at the beginning of the offseason. was at a church event that he did, and we were talking about the new contract, you know, which was he was in the middle of the negotiation mm-hmm. negotiations for, and he's like, look, you know, um, of course I want my money, basically the gist of it. But at the same time, there's players out there that I want to play with. Yeah, and, and still play with. And he was talking about Devontae Adams, and he was talking about uh, Max Crosby, and he did what was necessary to in order to leave enough so that other players that he wants to play with and continue to play with uh, we're going to get theirs as well. Yeah, and on top of all of that, just thinking about what he said with Khalil and how he didn't think about how other contracts could be restructured or extensions that were going to be needed. Um, the cause it, and effect. Right. He thought about Khalil Mack and how he took the contract that he did and didn't realize that it wouldn't mean that you know Khalil could also right. get a similar. So now he's realized that, and so now he has that sage uh, wisdom to move on from. But yeah. Real quick. Uh, Eddie talked about Max Crosby and guys using being used a little bit differently. I'm just saying, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, I think Raider fans are going to be excited about some of the ways that Max Crosby, based on what, what I saw yesterday, I can't give away all the secrets. We're just not allowed to, right? We're not, we're, no. not, we're not allowed to. Um, but there are some interesting it. ways that Max Crosby, Max Crosby put on a show <laughs> yesterday, by the way. And, um, and so you're going to, you might, once it gets to a point where you actually see it, um, I think people are going to be a little bit surprised, uh, pleased, I should say. I could tell you, with but then I'd Max have to Crosby you. and how he's being utilized and where he's being utilized. Well, I like the fact that you guys won't give out a present on Christmas Eve. You'll wait till Christmas to give it, but just you know what? One. Isn't that great? Just though? one on Christmas Eve. Right, just one. <laughs> it, it's great that people who aren't able to see it, the way they're trying to envision it is, uh, is not really what reality will be because they're wondering, like, how's this going to look? And uh, I think we'll talk about that on the other side. Max Let's take looks a break. Unbelievable, by the way. Oh, wow. Well, Unbelievable. The agility on him still is just like you you wanted to see what would be the second act to last year's performance. I think we're going to see it. He's just getting started. He's just getting started. And so are we at Raider Nation Radio. It's Vinny, Heidi, and Clay on your Freestyle Wednesday. Back after this. Now, back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Happy belated birthday to Prince. His birthday was yesterday. Yes, it was. 64 years old, you say? Yes, exactly. Oh, it's so I hard know. to believe. It is. It truly is. By the way, this 
uh, portion uh, of the show is sponsored by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. You know, there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. And unfortunately, we know too many people that are uh, in that predicament, whether it's ourselves or friends, loved ones, coworkers, uh, classmates, whatever the case might be. Uh, well, the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Please call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible, and we all deserve that. Uh, and the Neuropathy and Pain Center can put you uh, on a path uh, to creating that sort of life. Just give them a call, 702-257-7246. This song will never get old. Like his, his music never gets old. It's like you know if you've been through the '80s or '90s, it count, it has a dated sound to it. it, it well, uh, rain soundtrack thing going in my car yesterday all day. Except, and then I Spotified it out into Beautiful. the best of Prince. The last time I saw him <laughs> was so at the good. was at the Forum in LA. Okay, and uh, three straight nights, by the way. Oh, twenty five dollar nice. tickets, and he insisted there was that. That was it. You couldn't. There was no reselling. There was no. Uh, fees. It was like twenty five bucks, period. And he did a whole tour around the country with that. And there were no, no Ticketmaster, none of that going on. Uh, but anyway, he gets on the piano and starts doing a medley of his songs, right? And it was just one after another oh, after another. And everyone's like good. going crazy when they hear the next one, and going crazy when they hear the next one, and you know, so on and so forth for a little while. Then he <laughs> stops and says. You know, I could I could sit here all night doing this, and everyone's like, "Yes, you yeah! can actually, Prince. You absolutely you could do a whole concert of just medleys sitting on that piano, and it just it just drove home uh, the volume of work that he put out and the volume of greatness that he put out, the the depth. And there's still stuff that we haven't heard, Heidi, uh, that are laying around. Oh yeah, like uh, that Paisley white album Park. that yeah, he had. Exactly. Yeah, I need it. Yeah. Like all the Tupac undergrounds that come out. Like I still somebody yeah. handed me a cassette tape. Once and I still have it, and it's buried deep in some kind of like a box that I keep in a special place. And it was like it was like a Tupac freestyle from way back in Oakland that like he did somewhere somebody's house. It sounded like it didn't okay. sound like, and it's just saved on tape. And I'm just, I'm holding on to that little cassette unless it was a Memorex. Right, sure. like we talked about the other day. <laughs> yeah, keep it in a cool, dry place. Unless it's on a Memorex, it might get eaten in the tape recorder. And, uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. You remember the, get the pencil out or the knife and just kind of... Yeah. You, you always had that oh, friend yeah. that could do it really well. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, had the steady hand that yeah, could always so work it, manipulate the reel. it. That was me. People handed me their tapes for the reel. I, I was the real worker. <laughs> yeah, just give me a Zacto blade and some scotch tape. We'll be fine. I remember but, one day, Q, Q and I were talking to uh, Damon about mixtapes and like, you know, Oh, it's a mod. I was like, what are, uh, what are you guys talking about? He's like, is this when I make a playlist and share it with my friend? Right, <laughs> exactly. You used to have to have your go-to person that could do the mixtape, and mm -hmm. you give him a list of, or her, a, a list of your songs, your favorite songs, and they would put it together beautifully. Yeah. Um, and that's what a mixtape Did you ever was. give a mixtape to a girl, Vinny? Uh, I never gave one to a girl. No, um, I might have gotten a couple of mixtapes. Just wondering. Yeah, just wondering. Well, I mean, Clay. Well, yes, Clay? So, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just in. No, I wasn't no, no, the mixtape dude, so I wasn't the guy that oh. put them together. Oh, I was Some a, guys used to do that. With you were like a mixtape. I was a mixtape dude for card. sure. I want to go out with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it, there were musical appreciation tapes. It would be like the <laughs> you, you're going to get a a glimpse of my musical soul, right? You know, you try yes. to you try to put in like you know songs that make me think of you or songs that identify me or just cool songs because I'm putting them together. Nothing more important than having that pause button on the cassette recorder though. Because
Away with the old uh, you know, uh, sets that you had, like in the components, there was no mixing going on there, so you had to do really tight cuts on the, on the pause. Yeah, seamless, you know I mean? seamless yeah, transition from seamless one cuts. song to the next song. And you had to trust like certain. Uh, see, I, I would do like you know forty fives, albums, CDs, other cassettes. But uh, yeah, those mixtapes, that was serious business because it took time and it made you think. Now, a playlist, you're just like tap, 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 yeah, tap, tap, and we'll send it off to you. Where's the not love? the same thought. Did you ever uh, wait for your song to come on the radio and hit the... Uh, oh, God, oh, yes. Oh, my God, They'd yes. be like, we are doing a premiere. <laughs> it's probably Q Station back then, by the way. <laughs> doing a premiere at 7 o'clock of the latest from Prince. And you're like, oh, I gotta get it. And oh, then you'd yeah. sit there waiting until 7, seven o'clock at night. Hands on the record and play button. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm giving Clay like yes. a mini claw. Yeah, you got to do it. You want to hit it right, but you want to make sure that uh, no other interference are happening around because you know if like somebody's running a vacuum cleaner in another room oh, or a hair worst. dryer, like yeah. all of a sudden that that frequency on the FM's like. Or if my sister was on the phone. <laughs> the Raiders' like, offense up. is a mixtape, by the way. It is a mixtape. The oh, Raiders' that, offense is the is the ultimate mixtape. Well, that's a segue. I want wow. to play that one part about what what Carr said about the Khalil Mack contract, though. He, this is the fourth time in almost like twelve months that he's brought up that situation, and I tell you what, it, this weighs heavily on him, and I think it's it's something that's going to be uh, pushing the, uh, the you know the brass to go and make sure Hunter and Waller are getting taken care of. This is Derek Carr from yesterday talking about, yeah, there's contract and my contract too, but we did this before with Khalil Mack and leaving money on the table for everyone else is something that I think is really boding well for really creating a team environment now. Absolutely. I mean, the way that we, I've talked about this, but the way that Max, myself and Devante did things was, you know, hopefully to make sure it was okay for everyone else to accomplish what they need to accomplish. And so, um, you know, when your leaders and, and the guys that are supposed to be leaders in the locker room are showing like, hey, guys, we're, we're making sacrifices to hopefully, you know, you know, make it good for everyone else. Now, now the agents, and that's, and that's their deal. And, you know, Dave, that's between all them and Tom and all those guys. But, you know, we've tried to put out there like we're trying to make an effort to you know keep everybody you know um you know when when last time when i signed my contract i didn't think i didn't know i didn't think about those things and then i just assumed it would be all right and then khalil's gone as my, my one of my best friends i was like dang i never want to see that again and so i made sure this time that won't ever be a problem they can talk about anything else but that's not going to be something they talk about where it's not possible to do something i made sure this time you know like he's taking charge of that. Like he's like, I am making sure that we're leaving stuff on the table to take care of those around me. Yeah, um, you know, we, we we talk about this quite a bit, but uh, a fifty-three man roster and everything that comes along with it, with the practice squad and everything like that, it's it's a puzzle, and it's a financial puzzle, and there's like real constraints in terms of. Uh, the salary cap, and you have to make it all fit. And, um, you know, especially on a, on, a, on a team with a lot of talent and a lot of young talent that deserves that second contract uh, and that next big contract, it, it, it has to almost be sort of a team effort in terms of, like Derek said, leaving enough on the table for, for other guys to, to get theirs as well. And, you know, when you think about the 2020 draft, there's nobody in that draft left, first of all. I mean, just Simpson let's be honest. and Amik. Yeah, mm-hmm. that are going to warrant a big contract. So they, they skipped yeah. the 2020. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's um, you know, uh, uh, no longer a consideration in terms of how are you going to pay that guy or that guy from that draft class. There aren't any. But when you start thinking about the next big contract for the Raiders, 
of um, these young guys. Who, Heidi? Who, who's the next one? Next big contract that needs to get paid on the Raiders? That that you can foresee, that you could... Uh, uh, besides him, I'm, oh, I'm okay. sorry. Oh, okay. I'm like, Hunter, Hunter's Hunter, my no-brainer. Hunter's <laughs> a given. Beyond Hunter. Oh, okay. As far the as the draft. Last year's draft. Last year's draft. Who would I pay? Who do you feel mm. is going to be in that category? Trayvon uh, Morig? Yeah. Nate Hobbs, potentially. I think Nate Hobbs has uh, star potential. Alex Leatherwood still no. remains to be seen. I, I wouldn't say no. Not yet. Right now, I'm no. If it's just based off of right now and right. last year, Got I'm it. leaning Hobbs or Merrick. Um, I I think a little bit, if we go projections to the future, yeah. oh, that maybe Malcolm Koontz could be somebody that it could rile some uh contract paper up this year depending on how he turns things around what we see of him we didn't get to see a lot of him but when he was on the field he was a presence uh i like that and, and then of course leatherwood you have to consider as a first rounder where he would fall into the mix you know it's tough though right now from just what we've seen based off of last year yeah exactly so and and that's you know it's 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 not the best news because you you if you're an organization you want one or two of those guys, to three of those or so of those guys, to really step forward um, in a way that says, "Man, that's 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 looming. That's somebody that we hit on, and we know that eventually, if it stays on that course, going to have to pay that guy a lot of money um, and plan for it, and uh, you know, do do everything necessary to make sure that uh, it's going to be feasible at that point." But yeah, even I, you know, um, Merrick, you would think so. Yeah, if you I'm just basing so. it off of just last year, like just because of the off-field issues that Hobbs had, and if I'm going to invest in somebody long-term to keep them, if Hobbs can turn all that around, great. You know, everyone goes through learning curves in life, and unfortunately, sometimes they have to be put on full display. And he was body cams and yeah. the best player of the rookie class last year, mm -hmm. like bar none. He was a top five cornerback in the NFL, let alone slot cornerback. He was the top slot cornerback. In the NFL, he was a top five cornerback in the NFL. I know there were, um, you know, the a, a couple of off-field uh, incidents which got you know taken care of, and hopefully he learned from them, like you said. Uh, but that dude's a baller. Yeah. He's a straight. And baller. you can mm -hmm. see when, like, I liked what when you talked to him, though he didn't seem to elaborate a lot on things i'm really i like to read between the lines and i think what he was trying to get at is i can't talk about everything that i'm about to do this year exactly i've got a multitude of assignments and tasks that i'm going to be on top of when i am out on the field that i can't even explain to you yet because it will blow your mind i do think there'll be some packages for nate hobbs mm -hmm. to to um really accentuate and take <laughs> advantage of he brings to the table in a lot of different ways. That dude's a playmaker. And I'm giggling because there was that clerical error made on the paper where it listed him as a safety, right? Yes. And it listed Merrick as a cornerback. The whole world went nuts. <laughs> but By the way, kudos to Raider fans for picking that up. That was yeah. uh, that was next level attention to detail. But what if it wasn't a mistake? Right. What if it was just what a... What if uh, he's really out there? An indication of the future. I look at market value around now because people are paying, teams are paying safety and cornerbacks more than they ever had. Each year it keeps going up, especially in the safety department. People will, uh, ever since that Jamal Adams acquisition, everyone feels like if you can find that game-changing safety, you're willing to pay for it. And, and, if, and a corner for the Raiders, 
you know, it's not like they got a lot of guys uh, coming in for next year. You know, it's not like they have, uh, you know, uh, you know, mainstays at corner that you can go and count on. So, do you pay a little more for a guy like Nate Hobbs because he is starting to emerge, and maybe if we see the versatility on the outside, that just ratchets his value up even further. Well, uh, even ahead of all that, you got to figure out. All right, is Rocky Yassin part of the future? He's going in the last year of his contract. Is Trayvon Mullen part of the future? He's going in the last year of his contract. Uh, Dar- um, excuse me, Anthony Averett is going in the last year of his contract, a, a, a cornerback that they picked up uh, in, in, in free agency. In fact, all of the cornerbacks that they picked That's up right. in free agency uh, and the, the the starter that they have in Trayvon Mullen, they're all going into the last year of, his, of their contract. Now, ideally, one or two of those guys announce themselves this year as mainstays. But that's not guaranteed that that's going to happen, and we could be sitting here next year going, wow, the Raiders have a big need at cornerback because they don't even have anyone on the roster right now. I think it's some by some design, like by some master plan, I want to say that Dave Ziegler knew and was aware of that and wanted to see what pieces were going to fall into place, what people were going to work out. And if not, then they give themselves the opportunity to next year, then again, go out, look at that position and kind of maybe get more building blocks and pieces or younger players or someone that better fits the scheme to come in and then kind of rebuild that department. Yeah, um, but there's a fine line in that because you don't want to you don't want to be in that situation again. I don't think that I think that the hope is obviously uh, this should probably go without saying. One or two of those guys really do move forward. Now, I don't think any of them is going to get a max max contract mm-hmm. or anything like that. But um, you know, a, a, a good pay hike and to keep them around because you don't want to go every single year into who their starting quarterback is going to be and what's it look like beyond uh, this year and then have to go in the draft and figure it out because then you're going back to the young player developing, hoping they turn it around right. real quickly, and especially on what should be everywhere else a pretty darn good football team. Um, and and so it'll be interesting to see how the cornerback room plays out. I think Hobbs is a constant. He's a guy that they're that's, that's going to be around for a long time. Uh, but Mullen... Rock Yassin, uh, they've got a lot to prove this year. And an opportunity to do so. I want Mullen to stay healthy so we can get that opportunity Mm -hmm. and full look at him to really be able to get a grasp on everything he's capable of. Because I think when he's out on the field, he does a good job of holding down his end of what he's supposed to be doing an assignment and all. I'd just like to see if he can stay healthy enough. And and it really was only last year. I mean, the the first two years, I mean, obviously, he had to work his way into a uh, playing time as yeah. That rookie year um, in 2019, but in 2020, he he was out there pretty often. There were a couple of dings where he had to go back to the locker room, but then he miraculously would come back into the game. It was a, so I remember, I think that happened during that Patriots there game too, couple, right? Yeah, yeah, a few yeah. times where yeah. you're like, oh boy, there he's goes. not coming back. Yes, and, there he and is. then he was back. <laughs> Last year was the year where you know whatever happened with the foot just derailed his season entirely. Um, so if he could get back from that, and from what I'm uh, you know uh, hearing. Somewhere around training camp is when uh, he's expected to uh, to be cleared. But there's a lot at stake for him and Rocky Yassin, these two young cornerbacks, uh, trying to prove that they belong. And the Raiders really do need those guys uh, to prove that exact thing. That's Vinny, Heidi, Clay here on your Freestyle Wednesday. Let's take a break. We'll come back. And we'll have time for calls at 702-365-9200 on the Realty One Group listener line. As well as we'll hear from Darren Waller and Josh McDaniels all coming up in the next hour and a half here on Rare Nation Radio. And then real quickly, what, what does Rob Gronkowski gone wild look like? Because he, he kind of puts that persona out there anyway. But if, if you're describing him in an offense, what does that look like to you? Um, I mean, up, ups the seams, over outs catching short passes and just blowing through people. I mean, 
catching fade balls on the outside. I mean, he's lining up everywhere doing everything, really. There's some good stuff on the uh, the Waller conversation yesterday, the press conference here on Raider Nation Radio, uh, where they were starting to see his eyes dance, talking about the footage seen on Rob Gronkowski and what the the, the Patriots were able to do for the tight end position. And it, it's it's sky's the limit, really. There's a high ceiling for what Darren Waller is able to do, and and we're going to see more of that coming up throughout the uh, you know mini camps as well as training camp. But one thing's for sure is like when you want to think about weapons that have emerged on the Raiders' offense that have come across the stage either in draft. Uh, or if you've acquired through free agency, I, I think it's good maybe temper expectations of what has been here and what is in, in here now. Because we see on the text line from Sam and Ash text line 69187 says, I really think and I honestly believe Henry Ruggs III was becoming that guy. He would have become that guy that Devontae Adams is now. Um, I, no. maybe, maybe you guys Route could. Uh, running. Yeah, That's you, all I'll say. You Route could kind of running. explain behind the scenes or at least from what you guys have been able to observe the difference between those two running backs. Or I'm sorry, those two wide receivers, because it seems to be a world of difference. Just go to YouTube and give it an honest half hour or so and pull up tape <laughs> of Henry Ruggs and pull up tape of um, of Devontae Adams to understand how different they are as wide receivers and how high level and elite um, Devontae Adams in his craft. And they're not taking anything away from Henry Ruggs as a deep threat. He was... Fast. Really good, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he was still a major, major work in progress yeah. in the re- in, in, in in all the other aspects and the nuances and skill set uh, and fundamentals that you needed to do to be a next level wide receiver. Now, if you're talking about Devontae Adams, Henry Ruggs, uh, and Hunter Renfro together as a as a uh, trio, that would have been next level. That would have been pretty exciting. Um, but there's we're, Devontae Adams is a Hall of Famer. Period! Exclamation point. He is on that path. If he hasn't already crossed that threshold, um, it's 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 apples to granola. <laughs> I like granola sometimes, but granola doesn't have the same ability to run routes as apples. <laughs> talk about and that. everything talk else. About, <laughs> talk about the route running, Heidi. Come on, because hands, yeah, uh, catch radius, <laughs> being able to run all the various uh, uh, you know routes on the on the route tree, uh, being able to read the defenses, being able to be on the same page with your quarterback, right? Yeah, just... yeah, and then the chemistry building too. Like I felt like Carr was often trying to flag. Him certain directions or routes where he was supposed to be and he read like the the play wrong or what oh, have you really? yeah, yeah, there were i think at least i can remember at least a handful of moments like that um and you'd see it and then sometimes i could even hear because i'm on the field sometimes i could hear the huddle and there and you know he was like oh my bad my bad you know and that mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of stuff is um I, and nothing you'll ever see from Devonte adams there might be one bad my bad moment but it's not it's not going to happen frequently enough that it's noticed by me. He's arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. That's that 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 and and on every level, route running, catch radius, uh toughness, uh speed, you know, he's not the burner but, you know, his understanding of the position allows him to to maximize the speed that he does have. So, um yeah, it's I I'm not trying to take anything away from from Henry Ruggs, but to to mention those two players in the same breath it's just the Henry Ruggs wasn't wasn't nearly there yet.
Yeah, it wasn't there yet. And also, if you're not getting better in the offseason to get to a certain point, it's not up to the team's responsibility to get you any further. It's on a own, you know, each player has its own uh, role and, and definition of what they want to get out of their own career. Devontae Adams has gone much further in that arc then Henry Ruggs probably would have given the same amount of time. Let's take a call before the top of the hour at 702-365-9200. It's out in uh, Southern California with Gangsta Raider. Good morning, Gangsta. What up, Gangsta? Hey, what's happening, y'all? How y'all doing? I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm excited about the season. I really can't wait. You know what I'm saying? I, and um, I remember when, y'all first, when I first started calling, I used to call Scott and Q show, and I remember I was always asking them like, "Why is our salary cap always in such a mess? We're not really having no really that really high salary players. We don't have any really all stars except for, you know, the when we recently got Carl Waller and um, Jacobs. So I'm like, so where are all our money going? And so that was always frustrating to me. Like we said, like well, our money is always tied up, but we don't have no real superstar players. And so now with the GM and the coach and everything that we have, I'm so excited about the season. I'm pumped up. I got tickets to um, three games so far. I got two tickets to the L.A. games and the uh, Indianapolis Coast game so far. And I want to get to Seattle and the New Orleans games as well. And also I'm excited about the first game of the season because I'm taking my girl to her first Raider game. There you go. It's 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 in L.A. You know what I'm saying? When was the last time you got to see the Raiders in the real regular season um game that mattered in L.A., you know what I'm saying? So we pumped up about that. And also I want to say keep Henry Ruggs in your prayers. You know, even though he messed up, he's still a human being. Once a Raider, always a Raider. You oh, hope sure. he gets his life together and won't do any more of this. You know what I'm saying? And Vinny, I, I got a um, bone I want to pick with you, but I'm not going to do it in the air. Next time I come to Vegas, <laughs> I want to meet up with you for dinner over at, um, at Lincoln Kennedy's place, and we'll discuss it. In person first, and then we talk it on the air after we resolve it. What? You can't. You can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, gangster wants gangster a sit down. What, what are we talking about here? A sit down. You don't do no, like gangster. Remember, sit down. remember when I called last year? Remember when I called last year in the off season? I wanted to talk about um, Gruden versus black coaches and how the black coaches are treated. And then one of your callers called in and vilified me. So I hate that guy. And you agree with him? Like, yeah, he's a race banner. And whoop, whoop, whoop. I I'm never like, said uh, that. Really? I never once said that. I never ever would even insinuate Save that. It for the sit-down. Ever, <laughs> ever. I don't. I can't control what the next caller said, but I never said anything like that. Gangsta, uh, we're out of time, well, man. Like, go ahead, go ahead, real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just want to say it's all loved up, but we'll discuss it. You know what I'm saying? Then we, <laughs> whatever we decide over, you know, we, we'll bring it up again on the floor. Everybody else just say we we have a great season and violate. That's a good idea. He has to bring a Raider man in, and also I agree with Raider sixty six too. Because even if he don't get to uh, announce the job, he needs some kind of some kind of position within the organization because Raider sixty six is like a walking encyclopedia of Raider information. That's why I wanted my son to meet him because they would have. I know they would have chopped it up for at least an hour and a half just talking Raider stuff. Oh, I know it. He's the chronicler of Raiders history. It's awesome stuff, gangster. We gotta go. We gotta hit the top of the hour. It's Raider Nation Radio here on a Wednesday. Back after this, we got Waller, Sam McDaniel's, and more on R and R nine twenty. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.